Space and Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castor. Here, as always, my co-host, Ed Brotsall. Mr. Brotsall, how's your lasagna? Uh, it's a work in progress, Adam. I've been working on it for the better part of the last seven hours on top of trying to get any and all remaining work done before Christmas on Friday. I am taking off tomorrow, which is fantastic. The only thing that I had to do is record the mailbag with, with Jake tomorrow evening, which, of course, will be uh, to you Saturday morning. Christmas Day. So for all of those that are that are celebrating, Merry Christmas. Uh, have a wonderful, wonderful time with family, friends, whatever you are uh, you are doing to to celebrate. Yeah, it's uh, it's coming. It's coming. My, my kitchen right now is a fucking disaster, but that's OK. That's OK, because it, it'll be spotless come 12 o'clock Friday. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm flying back to New York next uh, or Thursday night. So go. very exciting about that. There you go. Oh, and, and by the way, I'm also uh, three whiskeys deep. So that's how you know we're like we're on vacation time right now. We are on full vacation time. We have we've we have emptied out the bottle. The bottle is is gone. Exciting stuff. I'm excited to build my tolerance back up when I go back to New York, when I go back home. Oh, the, toler- the tolerance is down. There's a tradition on, uh, on my side of the family where every Christmas Eve, I end up on the couch sound asleep by nine o'clock. It's, it's tradition. I know that you mentioned that last episode. And not and because I'm tired. <laughs> still funny. It's still funny. because I'm tired. <laughs> nope. Uh, it's, like, it's like everyone has that drunk uncle. That just falls asleep. That's me. Only the difference is I'm not an uncle. I'm 25 years old. <laughs> well, anyway. Um, so I think that there is a question that you wanted to ask me before we started recording. Yes. Yeah. We were, we were, we were, we were talking and as the, uh, the lone Italian on this program, uh, besides, besides Jake, but Jake is not here, so it is just me. And as the uh, the only chef in this program, uh, how did you make your meatballs? Let's let, let's hear it. I don't even, okay, Adam so, had meatballs by the way this week. In, in case anybody was wondering how this conversation came up, Adam mentioned that he made meatballs this week, and I told him save it for the fucking program because I want everyone to hear how this guy made his meatballs. So so Chef Boyardee, please. <laughs> chef Boyardee, I don't know. It wasn't anything crazy. Well, really, I mean, it is an Italian I, delicacy, Adam. It is crazy. It is crazy. It has to be made to perfection. Let's hear it. No, I understand. I didn't. I didn't. Um, I didn't form them myself. So, because I'm not that good of a chef. You have pen and paper. Um, I have my phone. Perfect. Get your fucking phone out. I'm going to teach you how to make meatballs right now. And for anybody, and for anybody else, I'm going to teach you how to make meatballs. This is from two Italian grandmothers. So I know how to I make co- meatballs. Listen, I cooked them in the sauce. I just didn't form them myself. That's that's well, what happened. You're, you're about to form them yourself. You're, you make you're, next time you make sauce, you're going to form the meat. You're going to make the meatballs yourself, and you're going to make the sauce. Okay, you ready? Okay. Okay. You got to get a pound of chopped meat. Very, very important. Very, very important. If you can get ground sirloin, it would be much better. But if, if it's just the uh, the beef chuck, that's fine. Beef chuck will do. But ideally, you want like that. You, you want like the, the the mushy texture to it. So you want you want to get a package of chopped meat. Then you want to get your breadcrumbs. 
See, this is more of an Italian thing. You don't really measure out how much breadcrumbs you use. It's more of like a, it's more of a feel, but you don't want you don't want too many breadcrumbs because it's not it's too dry. But you don't want too few breadcrumbs because it's still like moist and it'll never the mixture won't be right. So really, you want to be too few, too little breadcrumbs, then just keep adding more until you get a nice mixture to it. My you mom wanna, uses crackers actually. She uses like saltines in water. Crackers is perfect. Crackers is perfect. Crackers is the same thing. Breadcrumbs is, is even better. I would say the Italian breadcrumbs are perfect. Okay, next. You want to have one egg. One egg is very important. The, the equation here is a pound per egg. So if you're going to be cooking for guests, let's say, and say you are going to be using three pounds of chopped meat, you would use three eggs. Very simple. But because it is just you at this current time, you'll be using one egg per one pound of choppy. See how the equation works. Yes, Perfect. one to one, gotcha. Bingo. Then you wanna get your Parmesan cheese. You can use any kind of cheese. It could, be, it could be grated Parmesan. It could be sprinkled. It could be shredded. Doesn't matter. You, you just wanna put your cheese in. I would probably say for a pound, you probably wanna say like a, like a tablespoon and a half, maybe a little more. But Again, this all comes down to feel. I usually just sprinkle it in, and, and too much Parmesan is never a bad thing. Parmesan is excellent. It's it, it's good for the heart, so I hear. Then I hear very conflicting views on that. Well, they're not Italian. Whoever's releasing whoever's releasing this 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 ridiculous ridiculous take. Then then you want to use you want to you need a mixture. You need you need to wet your mixture here. Some people use the whole whole milk or one percent milk. No 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 disgusting disgraceful never never whole milk never one percent milk that shit is garbage use half and half half and half is much better it really extracts the flavor from the meat and from your from your mixture so half and half is the way to go and then of course of course you're going to bring in your salt i use pink himalayan salt but any regular sea salt will be just fine then black what about pepper. kosher salt kosher salt is just fine just fine, yeah. but you need a you need a lot of it. So I like if you, you know the, the 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 salt container that has like the sailor on it. That's like a navy blue color. I forget the name of the brand, but it's like a, it's a sea salt that just pours okay. out. That is totally good. Black pepper, very important. Black over red, always. I hear some people that use red pepper with their meatballs. You're trying to kill me with the with the red pepper because you need a fuck ton of pepper in that bitch a fuck ton very very important black pepper not red too much red pepper i will be running to the bathroom to wash my mouth out because of how hot my freaking mouth is and then of course the garlic very very important garlic powder to start not the whole garlic not chopped up garlic and then crushed no 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 no, no. garlic powder very 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 important and then of course you use your you you have to saute your meatballs. You saute the meatballs first. Very important, saute the meatballs. Lightly saute, lightly saute first. Then you put in your onions, your chopped up onions. I probably use about- Hold uh, on, I have a question. Yes, go ahead. So you're going a bit bit, far, bit fast here. Sure, go ahead. So, it, it happens. <laughs> so what you're sauteing mm -hmm. is this whole mixture put together up until- well, then, then after you mix it all you up, just you're making the, the ground beef. Yeah. So what you're doing is you put all of that into a bowl. All yes. that goes into a bowl. Then you 
individually, probably I would say about, and this is terrible radio, I apologize, but probably the size golf of ball size. The, the size of a golf ball. The size of a golf ball. Perfect. I'm so happy that Titleist 3 was sitting on my desk. Thank you so much. You probably roll them up. You, you take individual, you know, meat shreds from your mixture. You roll them up like you normally would, and you put them on a plate, and you keep doing it until there's nothing left in your bowl. Then you take the rolled up balls. You follow me, Adam? Yes, now I am. That makes more sense. Take the rolled up balls. And you put them in, in, in the in the pot or the pan, whatever, whatever you're gonna use, you know, either either or is fine. And I would recommend the pot just just because you want to put it. I'll explain, Alex, I'll, I'll keep on explaining. So you take the I'm gonna just use the pot because the pot is the most is the best. You take the pot, you saute the meatballs in the pot first. You do not wash out the pot after you're done sauteing the meatballs and you don't want to overcook the meatballs because the meatballs are going to continue to cook in the pot along with the sauce. Right. So you want, you want to, you want to undercook the meatballs because they're going to, they're going to continue to cook for a couple hours. So you don't necessarily want to want to completely cook them. And then there's going to come out to be, you know, kind of stiff and it's going to taste like Shungad. So, so you do your saute with the meatballs. You take your meatballs out of the pot after this after they're sauteed. You do a couple at a time or however, however many fit in the pot all at once. Take them out, put them on, on the same plate. Then you take your onion. I use about, it depends on for a pound, I would probably say use about half an onion, half an onion for that. And then for your garlic, I probably would use about maybe four or five cloves of garlic. I think would be would be the right amount. You put the onion in first because onion always takes longer to cook than garlic does. Then when the when the onions are like a, a like a brownish color, then you put the the garlic in. Then you mix it all up, and you always have to stir because if the onions and the garlic sit, they are going to burn, and that is going to make your sauce taste like shangad. And then once that is all done, you take your you take your sauce. You pour the sauce in, you close the top, and you bring that bitch to a boil. You bring it to a boil, and once it is at said boil, you put the meatballs in, you close the pot up, you once again bring everything to a boil. So you bring it to a boil twice. And then once it is at a boil twice with the meatballs in it, you put your simmer plate on, and you let it cook for an hour. You let it cook for an hour on the lightest on the lightest flame possible you let it cook for a solid hour you taste it see how it is make sure the meatballs are are, are correct into into your liking and then you make your pasta then of course you have your ricotta cheese and if you do not have ricotta cheese with with, with, with your sauce you are a madman ricotta cheese is a must and then of course you have your parmesan and mwah, Voila, you've just learned, ladies and gentlemen, how to make sauce in a matter of six minutes. Well, you, oh boy. Well, thank God I'm not Italian because uh, if I was, I'd be pretty ashamed about how I made those meatballs now. Because I basically just threw in some marinara sauce in a big pot with the already formed meatballs. And it was, I mean, it was okay, but yeah. Oh no. Oh no. Oh dear. Oh dear. I mean, it tasted pretty good. Like it wasn't terrible. 
I mean, it'll taste fine. It'll get the job done. Yeah. Meatballs. Can you send me a baked ziti recipe next? Oh, I could send you a baked recipe. Baked ziti recipe. Absolutely. Baked ziti okay. is easy. Oh, baked ziti is very easy. You just do, you just do everything that I that I that I said for you to do. Only you're just making you're making the sauce. You just bake, take your onion, your garlic, you you uh, you put that in the pot, you cook it, then you mix it. You mix the sauce in. You make your sauce just like that. Mix it all up, and then once that once that's done, you take it all out of the pot. You keep your sauce in the refrigerator overnight. Then the next day, you take your tray, take your tray. You you bake your you make your pasta. Put the pasta into into the container. I mean, if you want to make your pasta the night before, you absolutely can. It's not a problem. But you take your pasta, put it in the tray. You load it up with your with the sauce that you have previously made the night before. Make sure it's cold. Most important thing, because otherwise the sauce will burn. That's not good. You put Ooh. your cheese on top, and voila, you put it in the oven at four twenty five for about twenty to twenty five minutes, and you just keep you keep on checking. From uh, from there, until it gets like a nice, you know, slightly burnt coating on top, and voila, there you go. You have your baked ziti. So you've learned how to make meatballs and baked ziti all in, this, all in a span of about eight and a half minutes. Well, I hope that that was educational for me, or I hope that was as educational for me as it was for everybody else who was listening to this that didn't know previously how to make meatballs or baked ziti. For all the non-Italians out there, you are welcome. For all the Italians out there that do not know how to make meatballs, shame on you. That is a delicacy. And yes, I am attacking the Italian listeners who do not know how to make meatballs. Because this is this is the problem with our society today. Is that there are people out there that do not know, that are that are of Italian descent that don't know how to make meatballs. It's like, it's just kind of like, I mean, I don't know. Uh, Adam, what, what's what's something that, what's like a a, a, a Jewish cuisine that you that I, I guess would be more of like an expertise for you than it would be for me. Well, I'm the wrong person to ask because I'm a terrible cook, but it would kind of be like not knowing how to make matzo brie, probably would fair. Fair. I am not an expert in making matzo brie, but I I am going to assume, carefully assume, that your mother is fantastic with her matzo brai. yeah or hollow french yo see okay got it hollow okay. french toast see i do know how to make hollow french toast i do okay because so maybe i love hollow french toast it is one of the best things around i i have to like literally probably kill somebody to get a piece of hollow in utah uh yeah you would have to kill someone about five times over and then again i don't know if i can guarantee your uh, success right there or just drive 40 miles to Salt Lake City. Fuck that. Fuck that. Do you know how expensive Ubers are these days? Forget it. Yeah. Well, I mean, they have trains, but like still, it's not worth it just to get Hala. No. No. Even though Hala is, is, is delicious. Oh, and, so good. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, I want, now I want French toast. Great. Thanks. Yeah. Well, last time I went home for Thanksgiving... My mom sent me back back to Utah with some hollow French toast, and it was gone like the day after. <laughs> I was going to say, how long did that last? About twelve hours. Yeah. It... <laughs> oh, Holy it's so shit. good. Now I want French toast. Great, thanks. I, I, I will say before we move on to the to the to the preview because we are really stumbling. But then again, this is what we do before holiday shows, and anybody who's a fan of the uh, 
the uh, the good old days, the required radio fantasy show knows that these uh, pre-holiday shows are just when shit goes off the rails. My mom made cinnamon rolls this morning. And let me tell you, let me tell you, I walked downstairs. I was I was in a grouchy mood this morning. I woke up. I was getting ready to kill somebody. I was just like, oh, I know. I know the day that I have ahead. I have to go to the store. I got to make all the lasagna. I got to get all my freaking work done. I was I was not not in a good mood this morning. And then I walked into the kitchen, like grab my keys. I'm like getting ready to go stop and shop. And I yelled to my mom, like, mom, I'm going I'm going to stop and shop. And she goes, oh, before you go, have a cinnamon roll on the, on, on, on the stove. Adam, my, my eyes just went from half closed to cinnamon rolls. <laughs> I saw them. I saw them. I wanted to cry. I wanted to cry. I was so happy. Yep. Also, I should Shout probably learn. Big D. Yeah. Shout out Big D. What a queen. Love Donna. Um, Love Donna. Mom of the Basic Talk podcast. <laughs> Never met her, but she seems like a very nice person. Oh, Donna's Donna's the goat. Donna's the fucking goat. And she is uh, currently probably tampering with my lasagna at this at this moment in time. That is currently in the oven. But then again, she did make she did make the cinnamon rolls this morning, so she can do what she wants until I get dipped back down there, and then and then it's time for her to get out of the kitchen. Yeah, I mean that's another thing. I really need to. I want to learn how to make challah also because so for one thing, so I don't have to commit murder to get it. Or drive forty miles. I think those are two very good reasons for you to learn how to learn how to make challah. So what you do when you get home is a prime opportunity to spend time with your mother. Say, "Hey, mom, do you want to make challah?" Well, she doesn't make it. She doesn't make it herself. My aunt does. I should probably. I'll call my aunt and text. Yes. My aunt. Oh, yes. Even better. Even better. This is a great opportunity for you to 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 call your aunt. See how she's doing. Have a nice conversation where she asks about you and what's going on in Utah and all that. And then while you're in the conversation, ask your aunt, hey, aunt so-and-so, I hear you have a great recipe for challah bread. Can you teach me how to make it or send me over the recipe so I can make it myself in Utah? Because I miss your challah bread so much. You know, throw throw it in there. Throw it in there. It'll make her feel, it'll make her feel better. Yeah. Well, that's the other. Okay. One of the things that I really had to learn that I never really knew or learned before was how to cook because, you know, you're living with your parents, even in, in college, like I never cooked, like literally never cooked. You have a meal plan. Well, you lived, you were a commuter. I lived on campus. So I was like, no, I'm not cooking. Oh, there were many a times where I, I would be going to uh, the dorms and I'd be whipping up some meals. Come on now. No, I literally, I'm like, why is this kitchen here? Like, you know, when they had like the kitchen in the common area or whatever. Of course, of course. Come on now. Like, why is this kitchen? Like, I, with I'm, appliances I'm not, from 1975. Yeah, I'm not cooking. No, fuck yeah. that. Yeah. My parents paid for a meal plan. I'm using the meal plan. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, th- but my freshman again. year, we had to, get, my aunt and I went to Dutch Treats and we bought the fucking store because, as you know, freshman year meal plans. They leave you, they leave a lot. They, they give you a lot of money. Oh my God. They stay, they, they want you to just be like starving by the end of the semester <laughs> or at least walking out of there 20 pounds heavier. My conspiracy is that freshman 15 for a reason. Yeah. My conspiracy is that freshman 15 people don't 
want to acknowledge it, but the reason that the stereotype is constantly reinforced is because freshman year meal plans are always so expensive. Well, well, the freshman 15 also comes from more than just eating. The freshman 15 also co- also comes from the uh, the late night frat parties and, and, and all the shit that get, that normally goes down. Because I mean, people will probably put on out of those out of those fifteen pounds, half of that body weight is just going to come from doing keg stands. I mean, let's let's just be real. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, it's true. It is true. It is true. But yeah, I, I, so I, I didn't learn how to avoided that. I, I thankfully avoided the freshman fifteen. Not 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 the keg stands. Make that make that very clear. The freshman fifteen. Freshman fifteen. I I avoided. Can't say I've ever done a keg stand. stand no. I can't say the same. I've had four loco, but I've never done a keg stand. Oh my god, four locals and I, poison. And I never never again. I was I felt like I was gonna die the next day. Uh yeah. Yeah. It, the only the only thing that's like worse is probably uh like a Mike's Hard. When but that was I was like a high what? school thing. Mike's oh my Hard's, god, Mike's Hard's they're, terrible. They're delicious. You're out of your mind. I love those, they're so good. You're crazy. You're the watermelon you're ones are my favorite. Really? No. Anybody, anybody who's listening to this right now, anyone who's listening to this right now, please send it to the mailbag. Send it to the mailbag, and I will know what we're talking about. Jake won't have a fucking clue. <laughs> send it to the mailbag. You're saying Mike's hard. I'm going to say, now, are we talking like, are we talking just shitty drinks? Wait, that, what? that's not even, okay, first of all, that's not even, like, Mike's hard and Four Loco aren't even in the same league. Oh no no no! Mike's heart is much better than Four Loco. Come on now. Okay, I'm ta- well. I'm much not- better. I didn't feel like I was gonna die because Four Loco was so terrible. I felt like I was gonna die is because because Four Loco got me is like is literally like drinking battery acid. Crack, crack. Yeah, it's crack. like it is crack. <laughs> can, can we say crack? Can we can we say the Four Loco? Can we crack? can we say that? <laughs> We allowed to say that? Well, I mean, we are. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's, it, it, it's it's almost Christmas. It's almost Christmas. So they, it, it, if they decide to throw us off the air, then they decide to throw throw us off the air. It's okay. It is what. It yeah, is. it's because Four Loco is so strong that it. Yeah. Yeah. Not a fun it, time. It, it it. What's the word I'm looking for, Adam? Um, it stimulates the senses. I was gonna say it hits you like a truck, but that that I guess that works. Stimula- hits you like a truck is much better. I think stimulates the senses may may be for something else that is more like a uh, a blue pill variety. I thought you were gonna say more like crack. <laughs> oh no, 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 crack, crack is everything, and then some. <laughs> crack, crack is ever- is everything, and then some. But, wouldn't know yeah. that though. Would wouldn't know that though. I promise. I hope not. Oh God, no, God, no. Believe me, I, I, I am guilty of a lot of things, but that's just that's just stupid. Yeah, that's very stupid. But very, Mike's very, hard. Very stupid. I think that the one thing, the thing that I like about Mike's hard also is that it doesn't taste like alcohol. It tastes cleaner. Yeah, it tastes like a, it's like you're drinking like a flavored soda, kind of like White Claw in that way. But Mike's hard has a different taste than White Claw. Yeah, and I, I understand. I understand the appeal. I understand the appeal. But for for me, you're, you're you're Adam. You're talking to a guy that's drinking eighty proof bourbon. So I, I like the alcohol taste. But if you're in a casual get together with your friends and not drinking by yourself like an alcoholic, 
not na- not not mentioning anything. You're skating on thin ice, there, dickhead. <laughs> no, I, I I keep a I who doesn't keep a bottle of of anything on their desk? Have to. I don't know. Absolutely. My God, when you're when you're when you're writing stories at one at one o'clock in the morning and you need a little pick me up, of course. What are you gonna do? You gotta you gotta run downstairs and wake the entire house up just so you can go get a fucking drink? No, of course not. You need you need a little something on your desk. And I do. I have my I have my bourbon, my bourbon right next to me, and then right next to the bourbon, I have my cigars. Honestly, journalists just constantly being in a in a state of drunkenness kind of explains a lot of things that I've read from Jets beat writers. That it does. That it does, but it take it takes a certain level of uh, hatred for you to be a, a beat writer for the New York Jets. A little bit. Oh, more than a little bit. All right, you want to talk about week sixteen now? We've we've we already killed twenty five minutes. Yeah, we sure did. Week sixteen. <laughs> I I say this out all the time. How did we get here? Oh, we were talking about the meatballs. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, but now we're talking about how you're potentially an alcoholic. No. No. Adam, it's almost Christmas. This is a time for celebration. Do okay. I have do I have a bourbon, one bourbon every night while I'm watching Jeopardy? Yeah, I do. It's not a bad thing. It's a choice. So you're not you're not helping your case. But when I'm watching Jeopardy, I need I need some I need something to drink. What am I going to do? Sit there and watch Jeopardy with my arms crossed across my chest and I'm going to be answering fucking questions? No, of course not. You can have something to drink. Use your brain power. You know what? It's funny that you mentioned Jeopardy because I'm going to use this as a good opportunity to segue into our first quarterback, and that's Aaron Rodgers. I love the man. Love the man with my whole heart. Um, yeah. I mean, are you potentially benching Aaron Rodgers? Nope. Nope. Aaron Rodgers is a, he is a start in every sense of the word. You are playing him with the utmost confidence uh, against the Cleveland Browns. The only, the only thing that kind of sucks, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say it's a, it's a bad thing necessarily, but it does suck that he is playing on Saturday at 430. You know, that, 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 that definitely uh, stinks for fantasy managers, but Hey, could be worse. Could be playing uh, on Thursday night football in the, uh, the battle of the shit fantasy teams of the Tennessee Titans and the San Francisco 49ers. And am I, will, will I be watching that game? You bet your ass. I'll be watching that game. Will I want to watch that game? Fuck no. Um, but yeah, Aaron Rodgers is, is much of a start as humanly possible. Start Rodgers with the utmost confidence uh, against the Browns. I have Aaron Rodgers this week as my, if I can get my ranks up, which would be fantastic. I have Aaron Rodgers this week as my QB4. Interesting. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, I, I he, he's a must-start. He's a must-start. Um I believe on ESPN, I saw that he was projected for about 19 fantasy points. Um, I, I have him down for about 20 and a half fantasy points. So we're somewhere in the same, in the same, uh, in the same area there. 
Yeah. One thing that's interesting, and we talked about this on the review show, Lamar Jackson heading into a must-win game in Cincinnati. Didn't practice today, Wednesday, when we're recording this. So, um, I mean, definitely keep monitoring the injury reports. I mean, if it's Tyler Huntley again, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it if I were you. See, I, I, I disagree. I think if it is Huntley, I think there is a case to be made that he should be starting given the immense rushing floor. I mean, look what Jalen Hurts did on Tuesday night. Jalen Hurts have one of the worst passing games I've ever seen out of, out of a quarterback. But then again, he had two rushing touchdowns and Jalen Hurts finishes a top 10 quarterback of the week. So Huntley, if you're looking for a spot start, you know, if, if you're, if you have concerns about Tom Brady, let's say who right now is going to be without Mike Evans, definitely without Chris Godwin, definitely without Leonard Fournette, Chris Godwin Fournette ruled out for the rest of the regular season. Evans right now is week to week with that hamstring injury. From what I've been told, there is a chance that Evans does play Sunday versus Carolina. I don't think that that happens. I think that there is um, more of a uh, more of an opportunity there for Antonio Brown to come back into into the picture. And I mean, look, if Antonio Brown is out there on on waivers, I know everyone is setting their setting their claims tonight for Thursday morning. If Antonio Brown is out there on waivers, he needs to be a priority ad, especially in PPR leagues. I could see Antonio Brown just being absolutely peppered with with targets here. So, uh, yeah, I, I just think for um, for anybody that's looking for that receiver help, the way to go is is to try and, and try your best to to go and to go and get. Uh, Antonio Brown on uh, on your waivers, if you can, if you can, of course. Well, I think just to shift it back to quarterbacks, I think with Huntley, like the upside is there, of course, but starting Tyler Huntley in a semifinal just screams that you're chasing points. Well, I mean, I mean, give me, give me some guys, give me some guys that um, that could potentially start. Or you you have questions about in, in regards to you know would you would start those guys over Huntley like right now like if, if people have this dilemma in a semifinal I would rather start Tyler Huntley over Russell Wilson definitely would you that's, start that's Huntley not close. over Brady I would start Brady I would start Brady that's close it's close would you start Huntley over Kyler no. Kyler's top three for me this week. Huntley over Stafford. No, Stafford. Huntley over Taysom. They're very similar. They're very similar. I would start Taysom. I would start Taysom, but closer, closer. Uh, hmm. Who else? I could. T- I could tell you. I'd rather start. Tyler Huntley over Kirk Cousins. Okay. I would rather I'd rather start Tyler Huntley over the guy in the same game, Joe Burrow. So if if there is confirmation, if there is concrete, if there is concrete confirmation that Tyler Huntley is going to be playing for another week for the Baltimore Ravens, I'll have Tyler Huntley as a top 12 guy. I will. 
Because right yeah. now, Joe Burrow is sitting as my QB 12, and I would rather start Huntley over Burrow if Huntley is going to be the guy. We should make Huntley, you know, go into my top 12. Yeah, I just feel like, I mean, I don't want to be a, a Debbie Downer on Tyler Huntley because I think that he is a oh, good quarterback. Adam, you always are. Come on now. I'm not. Well, listen, you're dealing with this is your money's on the line here. Literally, your season's on the line here. Okay, so I'll give you this one. I'd okay. rather start Tyler Huntley over Dak Prescott. I figured you were going to say that. Because Dak just has not been good, as we've no. said, since that calf injury. No, I mean, we're still going to the Super Bowl. Still still get your tickets. Still get those tickets. Absolutely. But, yeah, he, he just has not been good. And if you're in playoffs, you're in playoffs still without Dak. Dak hasn't helped you. So that position is very expendable at this moment in time. And honestly, you might... Yeah, if you made the playoffs to a semifinal and Dak is playing the way that he is currently, then either you have a great backup or you have incredible position players. I was going to say you have incredible position players. That has to be it. You have such a deep team that you're able to overcome the 10 to 15 point games that Dak Prescott has been having since the calf injury back in week six versus the Patriots where he's had, I believe, two 30-point games in that span, and that's it. I think he's been he, an, a sub-20-point guy in every game but two, if if my memory serves me correctly. But, I mean, at this point, you're really not getting a waiver. Like, there's nobody on the waiver wire as far as quarterbacks are concerned that's going to help you. Aside from maybe even – if, you, aside from Tyler Huntley, if he's still available. Ah. Uh, I mean, it it really depends on what the situation of your waiver of your of your league just kind of looks like. Like this is gonna sound crazy to a lot of people, but if you're that concerned about Dak and you need a filler for this week, Justin Fields could be a really I I, I believe he could be a really strong play versus Seattle. Would I do it? No. On the road, I don't know at Seattle. I'm not crazy Adam, about look, that. Look at his look at his game look at his game logs over, over the course of the last the last couple. I mean Monday Monday night he 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 put up a, a bit of a dud um, in terms of the throwing, but again it comes not down to necessarily the rushing. oh rushing yeah. yeah the rushing is what put him over the top. I believe he had what 15 fantasy points, 16.5, 16.5. There we go. I knew I knew it was somewhere in the. Uh, Justin Fields actually threw for 285 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. yeah, I actually I put Justin Fields in the uh, in the column this week. By the way, talkingpointsports.com. Shameless plug. Uh, Birds Nest, great, great column. Do it every week. Uh, go check go check it out for more starts of information. Uh, but yeah, if he if did not have, put up a dunk against balls, if you have the balls to do it, Justin Fields could be a good play over Dak. Do I have Dak ranked higher than Fields? No, Dak is my QB 10 this week. Oh, God, my risk-averse red flags are just flying. Uh, the conservative fantasy player in you, Adam. I, you're in a semifinal. You're going to be starting Justin Fields in the semifinal? Uh, I would love not to, 
but if that is the only option, but I would rather start Tyler Huntley over Justin Fields. If it's between Huntley and Fields over Dak, give me Huntley. I would start Huntley over Dak. I would. Okay. I'm making that definitive now. I would start Huntley over Dak. That makes sense. I mean, Huntley over Fields isn't that hot of a take. No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. But Huntley, Huntley and Fields are, are very similar. They're very similar in terms of guys that may not give you. They may, they may hurt you in terms of their ability with their arm, but in terms of what they could do with their legs, it, the the floor seems to be very safe. I think Justin Fields has really found found himself in terms of outside the pocket and and I and Fields has been better lately. Fields has been better lately, and, I, and you know what I. I struggle with this one because, you know, I, I, I just don't know how this organization can do anything right at times, well, much like the New York Jets. But I, I give credit to Chicago Bears because they seem to have figured something out with Fields. I don't know what it is, but they seem to have figured something out. Now, is it enough for Matt Nagy to keep his job? Probably not. I was going to say, you know, too bad but, that the system is going to change next year. Yeah, yeah. Too bad that the system is about to go belly up, but. Uh, they seem to have figured something out. So maybe that's enough for, for Nagy to keep his job. I, I, I don't know. I don't think so. Because the, when the entire city of Chicago wants one guy out, you know, I think that, that, well, really too, if you want to put GM Ryan Pace into the mix as well. But when they want, when they are united on the, on the one scapegoat for all of this, um, then it, it just seems like the inevitable is going to happen. But feels Fields for now is he he's been fine. He's he's been fine. I mean, and Seattle, I mean, look, I mean, they are bad. They are bad. And we're gonna we're gonna get to Seattle more in depth later on because yeah, I I, I have an opinion that might shock some people. Maybe maybe not, but I have an opinion that may shock some people when we get there. Yeah, and I think that. The last thing before we move on to running backs, and this is about rushing quarterbacks in general, you can't go into a week or a game, a pivotal matchup, and just expect a guy to fall into the end zone twice as a quarterback. No, no. Uh, but Because that's what helped Tyler Huntley last week. He, they weren't, they weren't one yard touchdowns though. They were, they were solid runs for Huntley I know but how often does a player score two rushing touchdowns in a game Taysom Hill has made a career off that <laughs> Taysom Hill is a 90 million dollar man because of it well maybe I don't know if he's 90 million eh, yeah the contract's a bit weird he his his salary is is at ninety million dollars now. Whether he he exactly gets that ninety million is up is, is another debate. But in theory, well, yeah. he is a ninety million dollar man. I'll say it buoys like the the two rushing touchdowns. That's twelve points. It buoys uh, it buoyed his day, Tyler Huntley's day. So yeah, I don't know. If it's going to be Tyler Huntley, and it looks like it's going to be Tyler Huntley, probably. Fields the uh, top fifteen play. I would rather start Dak. I, I don't know. Much rather, yeah. I, I'd take the chance on Dak because you also get the Sunday night with Dak too. So exciting! Yeah. I to watch the Cowboys on primetime two weeks in a row. Wow, so that cool. never the Cowboys on primetime. I've never seen this before. 
hey, we, we had to suffer through the Bears being on primetime two weeks in a row. At least now we get a great team to be on primetime. The Cowboys are always – every season the Cowboys are in primetime two weeks in a row because they always have – it always seems like they have two Thursday night games back-to-back. After yeah, we play. do. We do. It's Thanksgiving and then Thursday game right after. Yeah. But, Adam, you're missing, you're missing the point. At least the Cowboys are entertaining. Are they, not, are they not entertaining? You're going to tell me that the Cowboys aren't entertaining? I'm not saying anything. You're putting words in my mouth. You gave me a look. You gave me a look that was very deceiving. But Our listeners gonna... can't see that. Terrible radio, then. Terrible radio. You should be ashamed of yourself. Shame, shame. Um, but you're going to tell me that the, Chicago ba- that the Chicago Bears are a better watch than the Cowboys? We need no. to endure the Chicago Bears on Sunday night football and then on Monday night football two weeks in a row. Once again, you were putting words in my mouth. I never said that they're more entertaining. I'm just saying that the Cowboys well, are on primetime a lot. Okay, I'm asking you the question. Who would you rather see in primetime, the Cowboys or the Bears? The Cowboys. Thank you. Okay. But that still doesn't change my opinion. That still the, doesn't affect my opinion that the Cowboys are on primetime too much. Because they are the most watched team in the fucking sport. Because they're on prime chicken or the egg. Adam, look at the most watched games from this year. Every single one involves the fucking Cowboys. People love to see them lose, and people love to see them win. They're the most, they're the biggest team in the fucking sport. Running back. Is that clear enough? Yeah, pretty clear. Running backs? Um, not as many red letters, but we already know that Leonard Fournette's going to be out for the regular season. And Elijah Mitchell was ruled out for Thursday's game. Austin Eckler is on the COVID list. It looks like that he might end up being out for that game against Houston. One, the one league that I'm still in is against my kid brother, and he has Austin Eckler. I am just, I'm smiling this big. And I think I can feel Matt's anger from here. He, he, he I was, uh, I was getting some work done earlier and he walked by and he goes, you're a lucky fucking bastard. You know that? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, why? Why? I, I, I had no idea. Cause I, I knew Eckler was questionable from Monday and Tuesday's injury report, but I didn't know why. And I asked and I asked him, I said, was he confirmed to be one of the guys in the COVID list? And he said, yeah, he tested positive. And I was like, Obviously, get well, Austin Eckler. Get get well first and foremost. I ne- I never <laughs> want to see anybody go out uh, go out you know because of COVID. But but for my sake of my matchup, I was just like, yes, thank you. But get well, Austin Eckler. Get well. Yeah. So who do we got here? As far as, is it still Justin Jackson? It's probably going to be a split between between Jackson and uh, and and Joshua Kelly. Uh, if we if we look at the touches that uh, Jackson and Kelly got last week versus the, the Kansas City Chiefs, Justin Jackson recorded 14 touches and Josh Kelly recorded seven. So it'll probably be Justin Jackson if I if I had to pick one of the guys that's going to be the lead dog for for the Chargers. But but then again, I think it's it, it's a good matchup against Texans. But then again, I think it's a little bit. 
it's a little bit risky to say, oh yeah, that, that either one of them are, are bang plays given. I think there's going to be a change of pace with, uh, with both guys. I think you also have to include Larry Roundtree in, uh, in the mix as well. I think we, uh, we see him probably activated for this game. If there is no, uh, if there's no Eckler, but obviously the, the two guys that tend to benefit the most from this are going to be Justin Jackson and, uh, and Joshua Kelly. But in my opinion, Jackson being the guy that will uh, receive the majority of the, uh, the backfield snaps for, the Chargers. Now, what the what the majority is, I don't know. It might be a 60-40, 65-35. probably seems about right. So if I had to pick one, it would be Jackson. Well, I think if you're in a committee like this, I don't know. I'm not cra- I wouldn't be crazy about it. No, no, I I, I agree with you, Adam. I, I just think it's one, unless you have Austin Eckler and need someone to to obviously fill in fill in the void, then of course Justin Jackson needs to be a, a priority ad. Same with Josh Kelly, but I would be going for uh, uh, for for Jackson. Uh, any other like big running back stories as far as injuries or anything like that? Do you want to talk about uh, DeAndre Swift returned to practice on Wednesday? So good news for any managers that are waiting for DeAndre Swift as a nice matchup this weekend versus the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday. Elijah Mitchell already ruled out for Thursday night football against the the titans i believe you already said that adam is that correct i did okay just ma- just making sure just wanted to uh to reiterate um uh javante williams still dealing with a knee injury was was uh i believe he was a a dnp on, no he was limited he was limited okay okay he was limited in practice on uh on wednesday so he'll probably he'll, he'll play on sunday i'm i'm sure but then again i don't really I don't really know um, what the what the deal is uh, with this backfield split. It really is just so 50-50, and it's really, really hard to trust. Um, but if there's a guy that has the highest upside, it is probably Javante Williams. And, um, and yeah, so I guess if, you, if you're expecting flex numbers from Williams, I guess he's, he's, he's fine. Um, Damien Harris returned to practice on Wednesday for the New England Patriots. Looks like he is going to give it a go versus the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. And then Miles Sanders. Now, this is a new one. He's been banged up all year long, had a really nice game versus Washington, 18 carries for 131 yards, two receptions in there as well. Now is dealing with a quad injury. He's been dealing with knee and ankle issues all year long, and now is dealing with a quad issue. So something to monitor as the week goes on, but it's just another injury to report now for, for Miles Sanders, which is, which is not good, which is not good at all. Considering he finally was able to produce something for, for fantasy managers this week. Yeah. And then also cream hunt with the Browns, not looking like he's going to be back on Saturday. Nope. Not looking like he's going to be back. So another, uh, another, day of uh, a ton of Nick Chubb should be coming for uh, for the Browns, for Chubb's fantasy managers against the uh, Green Bay Packers. And yeah, the interesting thing about this part of the year for running backs, especially is that there are so many questionable tags on like literally all these players. They all have like little, little things that uh, happen throughout the season. Yeah, everybody's a little banged up right now, and, and I think that's that's uh, very reasonable. Um, the one thing also that I that I want to talk about, and I do talk about this in the column this week, is I think that we have a winner 
in the uh, the Buffalo Bills RB committee. It looks like it's Devin Singletary uh, as the uh, as the lead guy now for for Buffalo. I say that very cautiously, given of course this is Buffalo and they just love to go back and forth. But twenty three touches for for Devin Singletary. He was in for the majority of the game. Matt Breida had one touch. Zach Moss was a health was a healthy scratch. So if you're looking for any more clear cut information than that. I don't know what else is really going to do it for you, but would I feel comfortable enough to start Singletary versus the Patriots? Uh, probably not, but he he's a flex probably for me this week. I have, I have Singletary in my half ranks. I only did one set of ranks this week and this is half because I just felt like this was just a much easier thing to do, which could bridge the gap. Uh, I did. I have Singletary this week as my RB 29 uh, for, for Buffalo. So yeah, I, uh, I would think that Singletary is, is, is definitely a, uh, a flex that I, I think you could be somewhat comfortable with, but probably you're going to need a touchdown from, from Singletary to, uh, to return any sort of value against a uh, New England Patriots team that are, that are very, very good against opposing running backs. Yeah. And it's so interesting with that whole running back situation, because, I mean, it was only a couple weeks ago, it seemed like, maybe 10 weeks ago, we were saying, oh, Zach Moss is the lead guy in this backfield. Zach Moss? Oh, Matt Breida is the lead guy in this backfield. And I just don't think that there really is a lead guy in the backfield. No, I, I, I don't think there is either. That's why it is definitely a, a, a wait and see uh, approach, which is why I'm I'm hesitant to uh, rank Singletary higher, but he should be a volume play at, at at the at the very least. But if you're looking for more concrete sort of data with the with the Patriots, the Patriots have allowed four rushing touchdowns this year. Two, Leonard Fournette, Austin Eckler, Derrick Henry. And Jonathan Taylor. Take that for what you will. Is Devin Singletary in that group of guys? I don't mm, think so. Hard no. I don't think so. Yep. Hard so, no. So uh, label him as a flex. Label him as a flex and hopefully you get right. But I, I, I would try and avoid that if at all possible. And what about the Bucks? I mean, you have Ronald Jones here now with basically, I mean, is he going to be by himself? Is Keyshawn Vaughn still there? I don't even know who's in that backfield at this point. Le'Veon Bell. And yeah, Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell. Um, I just don't think that Le'Veon Bell is going to be up to speed in time for him to have a meaningful contribution for the offense again. You know, he's got a full week of practice ahead of him. Um, I don't know what uh, the, the the COVID uh, regulations are are like for, for, for Tampa. So, well, I mean, I think if he's vaccinated, then the NFL is like, I don't give a fuck about you unless you show symptoms because they're stupid. Yeah, well, it also depends on, on where he's been, if he has to quarantine or not. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to I'm not going to assume anything. I, I just don't know. Um, but was signed on Monday, should have a full week of practice 
in him. He'll be a factor, I'm sure. Um, but I would expect Ronald Jones to be the, the lead runner and he should be a top, top waiver ad this week for anybody that is looking for assistance at the running back position. Yeah, it is Keyshawn Vaughn. I was correct. He's the other guy. Do not start Keyshawn Vaughn. Keyshawn Vaughn sucks. Okay. I'm just saying he's just another, whatever. Never mind. He's another, he's another body. Yes. He's a body. He's a person who is on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Correct. And, and don't start Miles Gaskin, please. Don't start Miles Gaskin. Don't that much start I know. Well, actually, this, this does open up a, a can of worms to talk about Duke Johnson. Didn't you already say on the review show to not start Duke Johnson? I would not be starting Duke Johnson, but I'm going to talk about it again. Do not start Duke Johnson. It is mere speculation at this point. Can he be someone that potentially contributes in fantasy championships? Maybe, maybe, but what? No way. As my partner says, do it again. I do say that. I don't speak hyperbolically, Adam. I speak fact. I do say that. Do it again. Do it again. And honestly, I'm saying... That's kind of, I mean, I didn't say it for Tyler Huntley, but I mean, that's kind of my thought process on Tyler Huntley. Well, I think the difference is Huntley is is good. There's a pathway for Huntley to be good, and I see why Huntley is good. I don't see why Duke Johnson is good. I don't see why Duke Johnson is automatically, is now all of a sudden the new guy over Miles Gaskin. It makes no sense to me. Hey, listen, Duke Johnson played for the U. He's got special powers. Played for the U? Yeah. I guess he does have special powers. I guess they're going for the hometown boy, apparently, but. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, no, the, si- the situation's a mess. I'm actually on the phone with Ian right now. The Dolphins are looking to trade a first round pick for Braxton Berrios because he also has special powers because he played at the U. Oh, is that true? Yes. He did play at the U. That part is true. So. So does that mean they're going to be uh, looking to bring in uh, Derek King in the uh, in the near future? Yes, because he is the quarterback of the U. He is the quarterback of the U. So I guess they're also be... looking to sign Brad Kaya. Oh, there you go. There you wow, the only Mi- <laughs> you dug that one up. Who's the only Miami quarterback that I can name off the top of my head? You dug that one up big time. Yeah. Someone call this guy the Undertaker. Uh, who else? Are you going to bring Ed Reed out of retirement? No. No. God, no. Please keep please keep Ed Reed away. I love Ed Reed, but that man, that man was a problem. Oh, my God. Actually, yeah, he don't. Would. Eh, maybe don't put that in. Now he would he would be he would be penalized a whole lot, a whole lot. He would also um, have a lot of interceptions, which he still does. Uh, you know who else played for the U? Who? Vinny Testaverde. Love Vinny Testaverde. Great guy, love him. Uh, Jim Kelly. Oh, love Jim Kelly. Great guy. Uh, Bernie Kosar. Former uh, Cleveland, Cleveland Browns quarterback. Um, 
people know who Bernie Kosar is. I hope so. I hope so. And I'm just kind of looking through the list of any guys that I potentially have uh, have forgot about in passing. There's just nobody else that even. Oh, wow. Nice. Nice little ad that just pops up there. Nice. Thank you. Thank you very much, Miami, uh, Miami, uh, Miami Hurricanes website. Thank you so much. Um, but yeah, so you, you've gotten your history lesson on uh, on the uh, Miami quarterbacks today. Well, that is very nice. Okay, let's move on to the receivers here. And it appears that you have some words that you would like to say. Yeah, DK fucking Metcalf. This dude is the same as Allen Robinson to me. Same thing. I don't know. I don't know whether it's whether or not he's hurt. I don't know. It's whether it's, uh, you know, him and Russell Wilson just don't have it this year. But he just looks disinterested. He looks disinterested. He doesn't look. The Seahawks need to blow it up. They need to. Blow I think it's it just because the team sucks. They are bad. They are bad, bad. And yeah, DK. You know, I think I think they should just lose the rest of their games and tank for a higher first round pick. No, you know what they need to do? They need to trade DK Metcalf and Geno Smith back to the New York Jets. So that way, Geno Smith can be the starting quarterback of the Jets to fulfill his prophecy, and the Jets can get the number one receiver with DK Metcalf, and Geno can throw the DK about 500 times a game. Oh, that's great. Who says no? I can think of a few people. Give Seattle the first round pick back. Just the just the one first round pick? Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Well, Seattle need it. Seattle need well, Seattle need a lot of things. But yeah, I mean, you you can't trust DK Metcalf anymore. He is he is a benchable asset. He needs to be on benches, period. I don't know if you heard that. What? In the background. I think it was your mom. It sounded like your mom. No, I didn't hear anything. Oh. Well, it was like while you were talking. Was it a ghost? Honestly, it kind of sounded like a ghost. Your apartment could be haunted because I did not hear anything. I, it sounded like it was coming from It was just like, I'm home or something like that. I don't know. Why would my mother be saying it? She's home. She's been home the entire time. I don't know. Maybe your maybe your house is haunted. Not my house. I didn't hear anything. Okay. It could have been. It could have been yours. I mean, you're the one who has uh, who has your your ears sticking out of the uh, the the earbud there. Whatever. By the way, I'm keeping that in. Fine. Oh, I'm so keep that. That exchange is great. My house is not haunted, by the way. This is this is a, this is a holy place. My my apartment is not haunted either. A debatable says the one who always has, who always has the sirens just blaring past his place. I live across the street from. There's a courthouse, like down the street from me. So why are there sirens going to a courthouse? I don't know. There's like traffic. I think there's like a there's like a traffic cop, like station or like a cop like a police station or something like a small. Shack. Oh, that doesn't sound good. Nearby. Oh, the, cop cops to, the cops need to hang out and, and, and rest up. 
I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's a police siren or maybe it's a fire truck. Hey, they got, they got, they got to work. Man, I've man, seen the, some crazy shit. There was a helicopter that landed there a couple of weeks ago. It's pretty sick, actually. Yeah. It was I granted, sick. I would want to know what the fuck is happening, but yeah, it was like incredibly loud. It was like ridiculously loud. I was like, what the hell is that? And yeah, I jokingly said to myself, oh, it sounds like a helicopter. And it turned out to actually be one. And lo and behold, it was. It was. Are you done with DK Metcalf? Can we move yeah, on to yeah. other receivers? Yes, I'm done with DK Metcalf, I promise. Please bench DK Metcalf this week. I have DK Metcalf in my half PPR ranks as my wide receiver 22. Okay. I'll tell you what. The crazy thing is Cooper Cup, this is the highest ESPN projection I think I've seen in a while for a receiver. He is projected at 25.3 fantasy points in full point PPR. So Cooper Cup is the number one ranked receiver in fantasy. He has 370.6 fantasy points. The number two receiver in fantasy is Tyreek Hill. He is at 281.7 fantasy points. Stupid. Absolutely stupid. The difference between number one and number two in terms of fantasy points. It is absolutely ridiculous just how good Cooper Cup has been this year for fantasy. And yeah, I mean, you just got to keep rolling with with cup he's got a good matchup versus minnesota in a dome again should be a nice climate controlled environment yeah fire up fire up cooper cup fire him up he has been insane yeah he he has been quite frankly incredible and there is a see now this is crazy so in full point ppr which is the league that i'm just using this data off of There is a 100-point difference between Cooper Cup at 370 fantasy points and Devontae Adams at 269 fantasy points. That, to me, is mental. Devontae Adams is the wide receiver four. Yeah, that is mental. That's unbelievable. And Devontae Adams, like, let's not not kid around. Devontae Adams has had a fantastic year. He's going to have 100 catches. He's going to be a 1,300-yard receiver. He'll probably have double-digit touchdowns. I mean, Devontae Adams has been terrific in her fantasy this year. But Cooper Cup has 122 catches. He's got almost 1,700 yards already. He's got 14 touchdowns. Like, Yeah, this is like a, ma- this is like a Madden what? season. I mean, this is this is a rec- It's a record-breaking season. He's going, Adam. He's going for the triple crown. He's leading the triple crown race right now. Yep. Which is ridiculous. By the way, for those for those who don't know, the triple crown for for receivers is most receptions, most yards, most touchdowns. Cooper Cup is first, first, and first in all those categories. Which is. Arguably more impressive than the Triple Crown in baseball. The Triple Crown in baseball is, is pretty impressive, considering it's only 16 games for 17 games now for the NFL and 162 for, for Major League Baseball. 
yeah, but Cooper Cup, incredible, incredible season. Incredible season. Uh, Tyree not my, Kill. Not my wide receiver one, though, for next year. Ironically enough, I, I started doing my my ranks for, for next year, and Cooper Cup is not my number one. A lot of people are going to look at me and they're going to be like, the fuck? Who oh. is your number one? We'll get there in a couple weeks, Adam. I literally, I was halfway through asking you that question. I was like, Bird's not going to tell me. Nope. Hell no. Hell no. We'll get there. We'll get there in a couple weeks. Moving on to the number two receiver. Tyreek Hill will not be playing this week. It looks like he's, he will not be playing this week. No. And there are unconfirmed reports about Tyreek Hill not being vaccinated. Um, I'm not sure if that's true. So don't take my word as, as gospel on that one. I have not seen a report that says he is. I've not seen a report that says he isn't. Um, but yeah, it does look like Tyreek Hill is going to be out this week uh, for Kansas City, as will his teammate, who we'll be talking about in the uh, in the next segment. Um, so yeah, yeah, Patrick Mahomes and, and his managers are now uh, really shitting a brick because now Mahomes is going to have nobody to throw to. Well, he'll have uh, he'll have Josh Gordon. It'll be Josh Gordon's time to shine. Josh Gordon and Clyde, Daryl Williams, probably if we're if we're being realistic. Yeah, yeah. Because Darrell Williams catches uh, catches all the uh, all the passes there. Um, Mike Evans, keep an eye out uh, for him. Uh, from what I've from what I've heard, it looks like Mike Evans is not going to play this week. Um, but yeah, keep keep an eye out for Evans, especially as we get closer. Uh, to Friday. Friday injury reports are the most important injury reports. So anybody has a letter next to their name on Friday, read them, read up, and see what uh, see what the, the word in the street is with them. But it looks like uh, Mike Evans is probably going to miss this week with uh, the hamstring injury, of course, that he suffered on Sunday. And like we said, like we said before, I'll say it again. If Antonio Brown is on waiver wires, he has got to be a priority ad given all of the issues right now surrounding the receiver position with COVID particularly hitting the receiver position pretty hard at the moment. Antonio Brown has got to be a priority ad for any fantasy managers that are needing receiver help where he is available. So please, I beg you, go pick up Antonio Brown if he is sitting on your waiver wire. If you're in a fab league, he is as close to being a full send candidate as there probably is because Antonio Brown is going to be absolutely peppered by Tom Brady on Sunday. If he plays, if he plays, he was a limited participant in Wednesday's walkthrough with that ankle injury. Yeah. Um, what about Stefan Diggs? He's had a pretty solid couple of weeks, and I don't know. It's yeah. I'm a little worried about Diggs this week, just 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 because what the Patriots do, and we've talked about this on the show a lot, is that Bill Belichick just targets one guy to take away, and odds are has pretty good success in taking in taking that guy away. He did it. Uh, last week with Jonathan Taylor for 58 minutes, and then 
Jonathan Taylor was able to blow, to able to blow the game wide open. Um, looking at Diggs, I think we're going to see a lot of double coverages on Diggs from the from the Patriots defense. So I'm not really sure how safe of a play Diggs is this week. Obviously, you're going to start Diggs because he is Stephon Diggs. But I'm lower on Diggs this week than I think I've been for the entire year. I have Diggs outside my top 12. I have Diggs as my wide receiver 13 for the week in half. So something to consider where, you know, you might not get the the super high ceiling from, from Diggs this week. For reference, I mean, this is – I don't know how much of this is the weather, but – the uh, a couple weeks ago against New England, Stefan Diggs had 9.1 fantasy points in full point PPR. It had everything to do with the weather, everything yeah. to do with the weather. But, but I still strongly advise to be very careful with Diggs and maybe, maybe lower the expectations when it comes to what you could expect from Stefan Diggs this week. But yeah, like you said, you're not, you're not benching Stefan Diggs. No, he's too good of a player to bench because you'll feel like an idiot if you bench Stephon Diggs and he goes off. In the playoffs. Correct. Correct. You drafted him with a second-round pick, maybe a first-round pick. You start him. Uh, any other receivers? Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown was a question that we got a lot in the mailbag, and we're going we're gonna to answer those questions in the mailbag about Amon Ross St. Brown. I would just be very, very cautious about Amon Ross St. Brown this week, given it looks like it's going to be Tim Boyle for the Detroit Lions instead of Jared Goff. If it was Goff, I would say Amon Ross St. Brown is a smash play. But because it is going to be Tim Boyle, I would be a little bit concerned about St. Brown. I have St. Brown as my wide receiver 24 and a half. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of all I got as far as questions are concerned. So we can move on to tight ends and talk about the other Chiefs' weapon. I think there was one more thing that I want to talk about with the receivers. I can't think of what it was. Um, I'm sure I'll come to you. Oh, I know what it was. I know what it was. Um, Brandon Cooks also was placed on the on the COVID list. So for anybody that is dealing with uh, in with the absence potentially for Brandon Cooks, uh, you're going to need a replacement there. Gabriel Davis and Almonor St. Brown are two guys that you could potentially go and target that could replace Brandon Cooks. I knew there was something. I was going to be really, really bad if I forgot, forgot about that. So I'm happy that I figured it out. Okay. Uh, the tight ends. Obviously, Travis Kelsey, he is dealing with uh, the COVID at the moment. There is a chance that Kelsey does play on Sunday. He is vaccinated. We do know that. So he needs to test, have two negative tests within a span of 48 hours back to back. So there is a chance that Kelsey does play Sunday. And if he does, this just seems like a smash play, especially if there is no Tyree kill. Kelsey could get peppered with targets. So for now, Kelsey is sitting at my tight end one, but obviously I'm going to really, really monitor. And what really sucks is that Kelsey is a 425 kick on Sunday. So hopefully we will have an idea of what the situation is like with Kelsey long before then. And we'll have an idea about whether or not Kelsey will be a good start or whether he's going to play or not. Obviously it'll be a good start, but whether he'll play or not. Yeah. But I would definitely stash a, a tight. You, I would have a tight end stashed 
Correct. just in case. Because, I mean, even then, like, you're not going to find, you're not going to find out the situation with Kelsey uh, if it goes down to the wire. You're not going to find out until pretty late. So, yeah. I think a great guy to, to, to go and target if you're in this situation, if you need a backup plan, is Dalton Schultz. If Dalton Schultz is, is readily available on, on waiver wire, if not Dalton Schultz, maybe try and, and see if Mike Kosicki is, is available as well. Those are two guys that maybe could potentially uh, be out there. If not either, Probably if not, not one of them, if not one of them, because they are pretty high owned, uh, Noah Fant could be a guy you try and target. Um, I'm trying to see who else could. Cole Komet? Uh, yeah. Cole Komet could be, could be one for sure. He's Austin probably Hooper. the most likely to be available. Yeah, Austin Hooper as well. Austin Hooper uh, is is twenty eight percent owned, so he he should be he available. Just, he just came well. off the COVID list. Yeah, yeah, just came off the just came off of the COVID list. Looks like he's going to play uh, versus the. Oh wait, Hooper is Saturday at four thirty. My my apologies, my apologies. So yeah, it looks like the the other option that you really have is like Gerald Everett or or, or Cole Komet. If you're looking for a backup plan to Kelsey, if there's no Dalton Schultz or or Mike Isicki. yeah. So there you go. That's about it, really. Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, that's about it. Um, so Jake and I, Jake and I will be back on uh, on Saturday, Christmas Day, with the with the mailbag. This will be the last time that we we talk to you. Um, that's not pre-recorded before before Christmas, so uh, you'll be hearing this Thursday. So to everyone, a very happy, safe, healthy to you and yours, and um, everyone have a great time with friends, family. If you are not celebrating, then enjoy the games, enjoy uh, enjoy getting to sit around and uh, and just kind of chill. I enjoy. I hope we get Chinese food this year. Like every year. Yeah, I'm having Chinese food. I'm having Chinese food Christmas Day. I'm very excited. Oh. When you on when did you become an honorary member of the tribe? We've always had we've always had Chinese food on Christmas Day. Really? Always. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. That's a Broadsall family tradition. Inter- well, listen, I don't know. Chi- Chinese food and leftovers from Christmas Eve. Interesting. And we always celebrate in pajamas. Well, I mean, I think it just makes sense because Chinese food places are like the only places that are open on Christmas. Correct. Correct. So, well, that is cool. And we, and we always attend Christmas day in pajamas. Well, we like don't ever get dressed up. We really? Ever, yeah. No, we don't ever get dressed up. Nope. Not Christmas day. Christmas Eve. Yes. Christmas day. Pajamas. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yep. I look like a straight bum on Christmas Day, but it is awesome. It's it, it's the best tradition there is. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're comfortable, definitely. I will be doing it for for my Christmas days. Absolutely. Yeah, I figured. Oh hell yeah, hell yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Mason Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. 
For my co-host at Birdsall, I'm Adam Caster, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.